0: What's going on, world? My name is Eric D. Seals, and you are listening to a Filmmaker's Guide to Freelancing. The whole purpose of this show is to help you become a better freelancer. I've been freelancing for over a decade, and I've made a lot of mistakes. I've also had a lot of successes, and I want to share that with you so that you can do better in your career. Coming into 2020, or from 2019, you know the fourth quarter generally is getting prepared for the first quarter because once you hit Thanksgiving, a lot of people from Thanksgiving to Christmas, aren't starting new projects. You know, there are some last minute ones where people are trying to spend the money that they have in their budget. So they, they get it the next year. But when it comes to that time of the year, uh, uh, new projects aren't really coming along. And so from 2019, The last year going into 2020, we actually had a lot of requests uh, for the first quarter of the next year. And I was really excited about it because I knew that um, that lull of the holiday break and getting payments wasn't going to happen. So coming into 2020, uh, we were doing real well. My wife and I went on our honeymoon and our project inquiry was just completely full. I was super excited about it. Um, like many others, I wasn't planning on going through a pandemic for 2020. And, um, it wasn't until we got back from, actually, I got a text message from my sister when we were flying back from our honeymoon. And she's like, you better get back here soon. Cause we're running out of toilet paper. And I was like, what? Running out of toilet paper in the United States? That doesn't even make any sense. Like I wasn't watching a lot of news. I was you know, away from the TV for the most part. So in the two weeks that we were gone, he had really ramped up. And so uh, when she messaged me and just said, hey, yeah, toilet paper, the whole country is crazy right now. You better hurry up and get back. And it's funny because the day we got back, the president put a ban on people flying into the country. Now, I think there was some provisions if you live here, obviously. But the day we got back is when, like, all the stores... All the jewel, not Dominic's, that doesn't exist anymore, but everywhere there was no food anywhere. And so uh, we closed down the office and because uh, we didn't know how serious it was at the time. But I was really concerned because if we're not able to be around each other, that's going to affect the business tremendously. And so I gave a call to you know the entire team. And I let them know, I don't know what's coming up next. And because of that, um, I think we should take a pay cut for everybody on the team because that will allow us to go a little bit longer if we need to. It's going to suck because nobody likes to take a pay cut. But if we all do it together, then we can hopefully outlast this thing. Because you know when it was first announced, it was like, maybe this is a couple weeks, maybe this is a couple months. And so we did that off top. We uh, Everybody took a pay cut and we didn't have to lay anybody off. Again, it's a small team, so didn't have to do that. Um, but what happened next was actually surprising because we started getting a lot of requests. After it died down a little bit on how crazy this is and everybody was working from home, it got to a point where everybody's like, okay, we got to We got to get back into the swing of things. We have conferences, we have events, we have video shoots. And a lot of people honestly start hitting us up. Our phone started to ring off the hook. But one of the things that people were requesting were virtual interviews. I'm like, what the heck is a virtual interview? I had no idea what that was at that time. And if you think about before, nobody was doing virtual interviews. Uh, We were doing stuff in person or we would hire a crew and send them out there. And so I remember we were working on this big project there you know, that said, can you guys do virtual interviews? I'm like, sure. And then I went to jump on YouTube. I'm like, what are people doing for virtual interviews at this time? And everybody was kind of figuring this out, but it ended up being recording Zoom conversations and Zoom calls. And that's what ended up being our virtual interview. And and the thing that was interesting is, you know, some of the YouTube channels that I watch all the time have already been utilizing this on a regular basis. And so I watched what they were doing and I took note. I realized that we have to make a pivot as a company. You know, most of our income is not through events, um, but a lot of our income is through stuff that we shoot and then we come back and edit. And so all of those things got canceled. Uh, one of our largest clients who has, big events in the spring and in the fall all of their events got canceled thankfully they wanted to continue on but they wanted to do everything from the virtual standpoint and so what i learned from that time frame is that you have to be flexible if you look at where you want your freelance business or your company to be in so many years don't be afraid to take a detour along that route to stay relevant to stay viable to stay open Um, I don't like doing virtual interviews. The quality is not as good. You can't set up the camera. There's just a barrier of creative that you can't pass with virtual interviews. But at the same time, it's important for us to stay open as a business. And so when we made that pivot, um, it honestly blew up the, not blew up, but it opened the opportunities that we had. And 2020 is about to be, no, not about to be. 2022 date is our strongest year financially in sales since the beginning of this business started in 2012 about to hit uh eight years in december and this is our largest year without doing shoots i mean i can probably count how many shoots i've done this year which is crazy and so when it comes to building your business whether it's the financial crisis of 2008 whether it's a pandemic of 2020, you have to be flexible because you never know what's going to be able, you never know what's going to be coming down the pipeline and the world is going to continuously throw us problems and you have to be able to continue with them. If you have a business that's only able to thrive when the market is doing well, you're not going to last long. You have to build a business that can do good in the bad times. Maybe you have to You know, be a little bit more nimble and obviously in the good times as well. I'm also lucky because some businesses are going to do great in a pandemic. Some are not going to do as well. When it comes to restaurants, yes, they can do catering and and takeout, but they're not going to be able to have that indoor dining like they were able to before. How a pandemic affects different businesses is out of our control. All you can do is modify your workflow, and what you can do to be adaptable. And so one thing that we did is, you know, we closed down the office. We turned all of our status meetings that we have on a, on a weekly basis to virtual. We retrofitted our Dropbox account and our server so that we can work remotely. We purchased new hard drives. We did things so we can operate as if we were in the same room, but from our own offices. You know some of us had to get faster internet connections you know we had to uh, get more stuff for backup and the redundancy had to triple because it had to go to so many different places and so that's something that i wasn't thinking about for the people who started their business with no money and no investment and no upfront capital these are the businesses that are going to know how to do well Through a pandemic, not all of them, because, again, if you're you're running an event space, you know, it doesn't matter if you start with no money or not, you're not going to be doing as well. But there's a big value in starting your business with nothing other than the money in your pocket or your bank account, because when you get to pandemics, get to pandemics, when you get to a situation that the world throws a pandemic at you or your business and your family, people are dying, uh, you're able to. Operate how you did earlier. Being able to operate in a pandemic ties very closely to me with people who started their business with no money. You know, when we watch these shows like Shark Tank and we see people getting, you know, millions of dollars in investment into their business, you know, for us that started with nothing, we get a little bit, we get jealous because we're like, man, it would be great to start my business with a million dollars. But there's a value in starting with nothing. You know how to operate with nothing. You know how to thrive and grow your business because you started with nothing. And so if you just started your business in 2019 and 2020, or uh, you've been going for a little bit, use this opportunity to show why you're a strong business owner. If you've just started your company in 2019, or recently, uh, or you're just starting your company in 2020, this is actually the best time to start a business. I forgot what article or what they, someone put something out on the internet uh, about the companies that um, were born out of the 2008 financial crisis. But if you can be successful in this climate, during this pandemic, during COVID-19 in 2020, during the political stuff that we're going through right now, You're going to be able to thrive in any other year that is coming down the line. And so this is the best time to start a new business, to take a step out and develop that idea that you've been thinking about for a long time, because everything is upside down right now. Everything is the, all the rules are being thrown out the window. And again, if you can make it work during this time, you're going to be good to go. The other thing that you got to start thinking about is how can you be viable when you're not working in an office? How can you offer more services that aren't dependent on you being in front of the client? So if you're a photographer, offer, you know, editing, photo editing, offer photo manipulation, Um, offer different things that you can do. Maybe you dive into graphic design a little bit more with photography. That's gonna make you more valuable and that's gonna allow you to diversify your portfolio of offerings. As a company, our main thing is video editing and filming. Those are our two main things. But we work with a client where we do virtual content, virtual streaming, live streaming, We have a client that we do a little graphic design for, a little web stuff for. And those aren't things that we publicly let people know that we do. But if you're a really good client and you have something that has a digital aspect behind it, then we're there for you. You don't want to start offering too many things, but in 2020, you have to have different ways of making money. Social media has been a really big one for us lately. Not only offering social media assets and, and digital deliverables, but also how to place them on social media, paid ads, uh, organic ads, all those type of things. We've been able to add that to our portfolio so that we can keep the lights on, as I say, on a regular basis. At the end of the day, you need to keep the lights on. During a time like this, it's also important not to focus on your skill. Your skill is very important We all know about the skill that you offer, but you need to think about it from the aspect of, how can my skill help another company, another individual, a nonprofit? That is what's going to level you up and and raise the, the value that you offer companies. If you're just saying, I'm a videographer, that's cool. But if you're a person who can capture an image to showcase someone's work, to showcase their culture, to showcase a new product, and you can do it better than everybody else, that is helping them with your skill. Not just having a skill that you can come on and press record and turn on the camera, but you can take your skill and transfer it into something that they can monetize off of. So when you're thinking about how you can modify and change your business in 2020, 21, maybe 22, we don't know. Think about it from that aspect. Think about how can my service help somebody else? That's going to get you hired 10 times more than just, I can shoot, I can edit, I can uh, post social media things. That that doesn't do anything for people. The other thing that you should be doing during this time is working on your own personal work. Work on stuff just for you. You're not as busy as you were before. This is the pause in everybody's life that we've always been wanting so that we can sit down and work on that documentary, work on that graphic, work on that poster, whatever it might be. Use this opportunity to work on the stuff that you wanna work on because when people reach out to us and they wanna work with us, a lot of the time, the video that they're commenting on that attracted them to work with us is usually an internal project that we did for ourselves. There's not too many times that people reach out based on something that we did for other people. Yes, it does happen, but a majority of the time it's when we took the initiative to to create something just for ourselves. So make sure that you're creating something just for yourself because that usually will give people a better idea of what your creative vision looks like. Thank you for listening and checking out A Filmmaker's Guide to Freelancing. I'm Eric D. Seals. I'm happy to share all the knowledge and information that I've gained over these last 10 years of freelancing, and I want to share it with you. So make sure you reach out to me if you have any questions. And until the next episode...